Coming up, we're going to be talking about essential Halloween time viewings from TV shows to movies and maybe a couple books in there, too. Who knows? But we'll see what happens in this episode of Dispop. Pop is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Experts at helping you plan the perfect vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Rhino Clavin, and joined with me today is Stephen Carolan Porter. Carolan? Yeah. I like to to give you exotic names. Not that Carolan is an exotic name. Carolan? Is that what you're going for? And then it. No, no, no. We're getting. Your parents were. They wanted fancy hyphens. So you got a Carol Ann. Oh. But it's it's a hyphenated one. So it's not Carol Ann. It's Carol Ann. Carol Ann, Stephen uh, Carol Ann, get down here right now. The pie went out the window. I, I'm, I'm still not sure which one's my favorite, but... Pete is fond of Elizabeth, but I like to mix it up. I like to keep it going until we find the perfect gem. Janelda? Stephen Janelda Porter? <laughs> uh, but anyway, we are here today to finally talk about some, what we feel like, are some fun and maybe essential Halloween viewing things, like movies, TV shows, whatever. Things that we like to do every year. And get you in the mood for the Halloween right, spirit. Exactly. You know, it's just something. Some of it will be like noise in the background. Some of it's like the, I love to. You know, some of it's. I do have my number one, which I'm going to save for last. But the rest, I don't really have ranked. They're just things I like to watch and do at some point. And if you're not a horror movie person, like keep listening because we'll talk a right. little bit about like sitcoms and stuff like that. Yeah, that this is know. for everybody. This is Halloween themed seasonal stuff. It's not going to be just straight up horror movies, straight up murder movies, or anything yeah. like that for sure. Um, so one of the things I like to do, just getting into it here, is every year I like to kind of explore uh, classic movies that I might not have seen or I haven't seen since I was younger. Mm. So like, um, and oftentimes what I'll do is I'll use Halloween Horror Nights as a guideline. Mm. So I, I like to watch, try and watch as like the Academy Awards. You know, whatever's nominated for Best Picture, I try to make sure I watch each one of those movies. And so, for like Halloween Horror Nights, if I'm going to understand the house, I feel like I need to yeah, see the movie. Yeah, it gets you in the mood too. For right, that. exactly. Yeah. So, so that's kind of I I pick one or two. So last year they did a Freddy versus Jason house, for mm. example, and um, I have seen Nightmare on Elm Street when the first Pirates of the Caribbean came out. So that was like 2003. And I had only seen it like the one time. And it was just, I was watching it because we were watching every Johnny Depp movie because we were fans before it was cool to be fans. Mm-hmm. And, um, and but I, I, didn't, I didn't remember it because I don't know that I was paying attention as much as I should have. And so when the Freddy vs. Jason asked him, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm going to watch the original Friday the 13th. And I'm gonna. And then there was also the American Werewolf in London. I am embarrassed to say I had only ever seen American Werewolf in Paris, which is the sequel, um, the pseudo sequel of the first one. And so I was like, those are the three. I'm gonna watch those. I'm gonna concentrate on those, and we'll go from there. And I, I, I'm gonna say Nightmare on Elm Street. The original Nightmare on Elm Street is a fantastic movie. Um, you have to go into it. Put yourself. Uh, have you seen it? I haven't. Okay, I would definitely recommend it because by today's standards, you're going to think some of it might come off cheesy almost, but put yourself in the perspective of you know nothing about Freddy Krueger, or as he's referred to in this movie, Fred Krueger. We get a little little friendly with him later down the road, so... (laughs) 
and like you don't know anything about him, you don't know what's going on. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that movie for a, just a little bit, a little minor spoiler here in the beginning. If you haven't seen it, it's been out for like 35 years. Get over yourself. <laughs> um, one of the things that really surprised me, and this will be a little sp- spoiler spoiler for you. That's like, okay. I don't want to ruin this, but I always Scream is on on this list at some point for me, and. One of the things that's great about Scream is it kills off the main character in the first act in mm. the same way that Hitchcock did um, in Psycho. So, he, yep. Yeah, he killed off uh, the shower scene. Yeah, my goodness. I can't remember her name. Uh, uh, Janet Lee. Um, Jen- not, Jennifer, not Jennifer Jason Lee. Who am I thinking of? Poop yogurt. <laughs> Poop yogurt. Halloween. She's in the original Halloween movie. Oh my god, this is gonna drive people up a wall, and it's killing me right now. Leave it in the comments if you know. True, true, true lies. Uh-huh. True lies. Come on. Oh my god, it's so terrible. You're the movie Fre- person. Freaky that? Friday. Freaky Friday. Oh, uh, uh, uh spirit. No, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee. She, Janet Lee. We couldn't I remember her name. We were her on a Universe of Energy. She's, she's stupid. Yeah, Judy. she's stupid Judy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. I cannot believe I didn't. I didn't catch that the first time. Um, I, I always. It's whenever we start recording, my mind starts to go blank a little bit, which is great. Great viewership and listening for you guys. So, um, but uh, so. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, so they killed off her mother. I didn't know this, but did you know that's her mother too? Oh, no. In that shower that's scene, cool. is, and um, they reenacted that scene for this last season of Scream Queens. Too. Oh, um, that's cool. With Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah, stepping into that role, and they had a little bit of a twist on it. But, um, and we're gonna come circle back around to those horror themed TV shows that are coming out as well. But anyway, I thought okay. Scream, you know, what a great thing. It did this movie. It killed off Drew Barrymore, you know, mm-hmm. and that was that was a big deal. It does that, and I had no idea that that was kind of Wes Craven's, like, he did that in um, Nightmare on Elm Street. And it just kind of took me back that I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a brave movie for doing it's- that. But also the the score in the movie it it is very Iconic. good. Oh yeah, it's it's it's. Is it one of the types of soundtracks that once you hear it, you know it? It's it's one of those. It'll seem familiar, but it works with the movie perfectly. Mm. And you know what I'm going to compare it to? Stranger Things. Uh, Stranger Things has that. We should synth talk about score. that. Oh yeah. my god, that's great too. If you haven't seen that, this is the perfect time of season to watch yeah. that. I know pe- some people, um, like Corey, uh, Corey's wife Julie, she, um, Ms. Martin, uh, she. Uh, she doesn't like the scary. Yeah, and I try to get her to watch it, and it's scary in the good ways. Like it's yeah. not scary in the. the in it's the not scary a lot way. of like oh, like it pops yeah. out of you or whatever. It's just, it's I don't just know. Cre- it's like it's like really well done, and it's like the scary it, moments it, of ET, I guess, or, or go- yeah. the Goonies. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. It, adventurous, scary more than like yeah. I'm watching a horror movie or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nightmare on Elm Street has that kind of, it sounds like it was made on a Casio keyboard almost, and it's a really, really cool score that I don't think I'd ever paid attention to more. And then also, if you put yourself in the mindset of sitting in a movie theater in, in 1980, uh, whatever that came out in, um, you not knowing, like Freddy Krueger goes through people's dreams, you know, not knowing that aspect, yeah. it's deter- it's kind of a terrifying movie. Mm. And it does, and I respect it a lot because I'm, I'm very much like, I went to school, I originally wanted to go to school, you know, for film, obviously, um, and I wanted to study special effects makeup, but where I was in the North, it's not, you really kind of have to be in just a couple areas in the country to really get a program that can do that for you. And... This movie does a lot of really amazing practical effects. Mm. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, it, it, it's a throwback to that type of a filmmaking. Yeah. And the same with um, 
an American Werewolf in London. You know, it's very known for, I, I believe it won an Academy Award. Um, if it didn't win, it was nominated. I'm pretty sure it won, though, for its special effects in that movie, too. And it's the werewolf transformation scene. It's just insane. And what I never knew, and I'll talk about that right now, since I'm talking about the ones I went to watch for Halloween Horror Nights, that movie's actually funny. Oh, my! I have skylights in my house if you're watching this, um, and I cannot control the clouds that go over or the lighting in here, so it might get light, darker, it might get brighter. I'm so sorry. But I skylights in Florida, I don't get it. So whatever. But in Massachusetts, sure. But here, it's just like, here, let me put this magnifying glass in my living room that I can't get away from. But um, American Werewolf in London is... It's done by Jonathan Landis, who also did uh, The Blues Brothers. Oh, and so I didn't cool. know it was... It's actually a funny movie. It's not like... A, I wouldn't classify it as a comedy. I would say it's a horror But funny movie. parts that yeah. kind of break it up a little bit to make it, it more than just... Very, like, tongue-in-cheek. Cool. Yeah, so it's very much like... it'll you Or, you know, it gives me that Buffy the Vampire Slayer vibe. Mm. Where you, I would never say Buffy's a comedy. I would definitely say it's a drama. But Buffy has some of the funniest moments in TV shows I've ever seen. You know? I feel like sometimes when it's not meant to be a comedy you can kind of get caught off guard sometimes and that's what can sometimes make it even more funny is because you're not like it's not a setup punchline joke kind right. of a thing it's more like it's it that, comes out of nowhere and that's what makes it even more funny yeah it's like that juxtaposition of having you feel safe because you've laughed at yourself but then the next thing later this thing is eating at somebody's right, neck right. or something like yeah. that and it also makes i feel like it makes things like that more scary too because it makes it almost feel real and that like yeah. real life has funny parts to it so when there's funny parts in a horror movie it makes the scary stuff that much more scary yeah absolutely um and so i would i would recommend if you haven't seen that you should definitely see that check that out nightmare and i'm sure you can't go wrong with the first one for sure i even went as far to go and watch the second one because honestly i read this thing about somebody had just done a dissertation or a paper or something or there's maybe even maybe if it's in a film coming out but it's all about the homoeroticism of the second movie and i was like hmm what so I watched it one day. I, it was actually during the New England Diz meet. I was up and I stayed over at a friend's house the first night I got there. And I was like, oh, I'll watch this before the meet. And and it it is like a weird, hmm. like, I don't want to say undertones of homoeroticism. I want to say overtones. Huh. It's very, like, very, very easy slap on the butts. And, you know, like, um, it seems like it's one of those stereotypical everybody in that movie might be gay and they just don't know they're gay so they're all like taking that aggression out on all each other mm-hmm. and it's 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 terrible but it's also kind of like terrible in that way where you like you should kind of see this train wreck to be like what were they thinking what was happening yeah um but it, but regardless but then i also watched friday the 13th and that's very good too have you ever seen the original one of those yes yeah like um they do some interesting – it's just – what's great about it, Kevin Bacon, obviously, but also it's just such a simple plot. And, mm-hmm. and it's one of those films that almost like – it's great because of when it takes place and, you know, it's just campers in a woods and they're – and again, it does that same sort of thing. It lures you into a sense of safety where you're like, I've met the main character. I'm fine. And then, you know. Right, right. And it it just it, – it has that score and it's just such a simple – plot with cool it does a couple of cool things with the camera it, it it's it's an inspiring film almost i feel like it's an interesting film in that he became like a halloween icon even though i feel like when you think he's of tra- not yeah traditional yeah. halloween is like vampire or like dracula and frankenstein yeah. but like that's almost like a modern oh yeah halloween for sure icon 
Yeah, that that Jason Voorhees would become the mask, you know the hockey yeah. mask. The yeah. same the same with Freddy. It's kind of interesting yeah, that they're they held out so long. And I guess you could you could make that of Jigsaw too. You could say from the Saw movies. I don't know. I get the time. There's that's still kind of fresh. I feel like, but yeah. those, yeah, especially Friday the Thirteenth, especially when it wasn't even the, you know, he's not he's not really in the first movie, mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's kind of interesting. But that'll bring me around too to some. Some of the viewing I'm watching this year. Now we look like we're kind of like green because my placemats are reflecting light. I it's feel very like, like we're I like underwater. <laughs> oh, okay. I went. I went witches and Macbeth, but you uh, went. <laughs> you went Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, that was that was our tangent. But that's that's how I like to start. So see, that's that's what I did last year. This year, my setup by using Halloween Horror Nights is I don't think I've ever actually seen the original first Halloween. I, I might have when I was younger. I'm not sure. I definitely saw like the third or the fourth one. I think it was the fourth one because that was like the return to Michael Myers. The the third one tried to not have him in it and just have it like a – I think that was Halloween. That might have been – no, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was Halloween where they were going to make it – they originally were going to just make it like different things happening each year. But folk way to – regardless, whatever. But so that's where I started. I'm going to watch the original Halloween. I don't know why I didn't do this when the original Halloween was a house, like one or two years ago. Um, but um, it was, I knew it was a house last year in Hollywood. Uh, but I'm going to do that one. And then I'm going to do Halloween 2, obviously, because that's the house here. But then we were, I was asking a friend, and he was like, oh, Poltergeist. And I was like, you know what? I didn't see the remake of Poltergeist. And I I remember scenes of the original Poltergeist. Cause it's got, I've never seen it's either. It's got Coach in it. I've never seen it. Um well, I, that's why I was like, I, maybe I've only seen the bits and pieces because it used to be on like different ones of them used to be on like USA all the time randomly during the day when no one was watching what your children were watching. So I was watching random parts of it. <laughs> and so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to watch the original Poltergeist and I'm going to watch the remake. And then I also um, I've seen this movie before. But if you're looking for specific movies that take place on Halloween and involve the story of Halloween, have you ever seen Trick or Treat? No. Um, I saw it years ago when it first came out, and I remember like, eh, it's okay. But now I was, you know, whatever, however age I was then, now that my, like, understanding and taste of, like, stuff has happened a little more where I respect it for being, it's basically kind of like an anthology movie. Hmm. And it's all deals with, like, stories like Little Red Riding Hood or, like, yeah. Carving the J- Jack-O-Lantern. It's all about these, it's random, kind of, like, Halloween-oriented, like, I feel like stories. I would like that. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's a little creepy icon in that movie, too. And I, I'm thinking that's going to be my revisit movie this year. It's, that, do, it's done by the same guys who wrote, um, the guy who wrote X-Men 2, X2, and huh. uh, he's done some other weird stuff. I think he just did Krampus, actually, too, and Krampus is oh, going to be my, I, like, I gotta watch it. I still need to see that. I, I haven't seen it yet, for... either, yeah. It looks that, ridiculous. That, like it reminds me of like just the trailer reminds me of Stranger Things of like that eighties. Like, yeah, it's got that yeah. weird like Gremlins. Yeah, you know yeah, a yeah. weird like Gremlins. Although when we get to our Christmas episode when we do this, Gremlins is on my Why essential is Christmas that, list. I, as a non oh, like Cordy. film person, what is it about that like eighties? What makes it feel like that? It was this. I you know I don't I I, I honestly think like the eighties was a time when. So Jaws came out in like 1975, and that was the original blockbuster. You know, mm-hmm. that was the movie that became the blockbuster. And then it was kind of like we had Star Wars not long after that. Star Trek made an attempt at it. Um, these so like space became this theme, and then it it was um, uh, I can't remember. It, there was a movie. It it might have been Gremlins, but that like that kind of set the tone puppet 
horror thing. Like mm-hmm. it was like monster critter movies. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's what they're what you referred to them as. They kind of became a thing. The 80s was all about trying to hop on trends. So that's mm. why we got a lot of similar, similar. movies like that. Because the Gremlins, you have Critters, you have... Um, there's like another one, like Cooties or something. And then it's all these weird, random puppet horror movies. But, like, I don't know. I feel like the 80s was really trying to capture that... I feel like they weren't... Like, okay, um, The Lost Boys. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. The, the vampire movie? Nope. Um, it's a lot of that angst movies there's a lot of they they weren't afraid to necessarily be darker with younger people mm. so you know I, I think that that's where some of that vibe comes from how stranger things is these younger t- Kid, you know, yep. 12 year old kids and they're set in this like you know this fantastical adult scary setting scary, yeah yeah you know it's, it's like what you said about the goonies and yeah, yep. that's even, what, that's why know. whenever I was watching Tra- stranger things it was like that was like I was like this is like the Goonies, but way better. Yeah, yeah so. right, exactly. Um, and I don't know. I feel like it was in the 90s where people started to get afraid to, like, expose children to that stuff anymore. Which is kind of sad. I feel like it's kind of a... Because kids can be adventurous, kind of, in a way that adults can I think it inspired... And, yeah, okay. Did you ever read, um, like, any of those Halloween books, The Scary Stories for Sleepovers? Uh, Which, is that the, way, the Choose Your Own Adventures scary one? I'm going to show you right now. I'm back. I went to get some books here. This <laughs> is one my mom had when, from when she was a kid called Witches, Wit, and a Werewolf. And they're like these old stories. They're just random stories that I she gave to me. And they're like random scary stories. Oh, that's but cool. But they have like a moral or a lesson in it or something. This is one I read a lot when I was a kid in a dark, dark room. And I think parents probably – this is like one of those – it's not going to be a mass publication because everyone has become so politically correct and so, like, children can't be exposed to this or whatever. There's, like, there's a story about um, a woman's head falling off in this. Um, wow. She wore a ribbon around her neck. Do you remember that movie, The Orphan? In the poster was, like, the girl oh, yeah, with the yeah, ribbon. Yeah. That's what I thought was inspired by this. But there's this guy with, like, crazy scary teeth. And it's just, it's like, this is, and it's all, like, this woman who dies in the graveyard. The Green Ribbon. That was the name of the story. And there's the girl. I wish they still had stuff like this for kids, though, because, like, they need to toughen up a little bit. Well, so, yeah, this whole story is he meets this girl, and they fall in love, they get married, they get older, she gets sick, she gets dying, she always has a ribbon, she never tells them. She takes the ribbon off, they pull the ribbon off, her her head falls off. Oh, jeez. Stuff like this, and it's all written, you can see, this is, like, in in rhyme, I could have just read this whole story to you right now, but there's just, like, you don't see this, and these especially, scary stories for sleepovers. Like, my... Um, music teacher used to read these to us and then they eventually got banned. They were like, kids were getting too scared of them. What? I'm going to say right now, most of the main characters in these die too at the end. It's not like malicious or gruesome or whatever, but I have like scoured these to be like, oh, I want to make one of these stories into a short film because I'm always looking for something to be inspired by and you should totally like check these out. Like this, this one, or this is even more, this is super scary. There's a regular one. There's another series of books and they're white covers and they have these insanely scary um, illustrations on them. I can't remember what those ones are, but I have digital copies of them. I always get them confused with these ones. But these ones are like, this kid builds a robot, it gets possessed and murders his family. This is one, oh, uh, one that used to really scare me. They move into this house and the shadows are like murdering people. Um, Jeez. Yeah, and and th- these are like, you know, I'm not saying like, let's read murdering stories to our kids or anything, but I think these are kind of the end of that product of the 
You know, it's like, like Goosebumps. Like, I feel like mm. Goosebumps was great for me when I was a kid. I yeah. love Goosebumps. Um, I don't know. I'd say if you're, like, in our age bracket, maybe you've got kids now or something, or you're a little older, like, maybe start reading Goosebumps to your kids. Those feel, would be fun this yeah, time of year. Yeah, feel free to toughen them up and, yeah. you know, like... <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it, they're they're also that that those type of stories stimulate imaginations, even if it isn't that macabre or like kind of. Um, it, it especially for maybe for kids that aren't interested in reading. I feel like that might maybe this is this the you need to push them towards something that maybe that'll spark their yeah you know. Um, well, so on that note, we'll move on from this. So there's my. That's how I I go into my classic movies. I'm glad every you brought year. those up. Those yeah, cool. I I didn't even think. You know, I was even thinking like, oh, I should talk about essential. Like, I didn't want to get into music too much because I was thinking we could like suggest our favorite. Like, maybe you and I could like create a playlist on iTunes and oh, yeah. people can go and listen to it with Apple Music or something like that. And it could be like our Halloween playlist. Yeah, I thought that cool. would be fun and cool. So I, that might be something we put out separately. But then I was like, oh, reading. And if you're, you've got a family, I'm going to recommend this to Braver. Like, I mean, this was reading level two. So that's ages five to eight. Um, and then Scary Stories for Sleepovers. That doesn't have it. It didn't used to get listed by that. What, what, but, what would you say for ages for that? What would you say? Uh, this one I'd say probably like at least eight years old to like... 12 or 13. I guess kids are getting older so much younger these days. I know that sounds so old of me, but it's like sad at the yeah. same time because you're just going to regret it, you know, when you get older. Um, 1995. Uh, but, yeah, I'd say um, those are some fun some fun readings. Get your hands on the Goosebump series, mm-hmm. obviously. My favorites are like The Night of the Living Dummy, Monster my, Blood. My attic is just filled with Goosebumps books that like me and my brother should. Well, I got all the digital downloads when the movie mm-hmm. was coming out and I was starting to try and read I haven't them, seen the movie easy to read. Oh my gosh, you haven't? No. Because we're going to talk about that movie. Oh. So I thought we'd start first with what I like to refer to as casual viewing. So it's the lighter fare. It's kind of the, you come home from work, you kind of want to watch something, put yourself in the Halloween mood, but you don't need anything that demands your attention too much. And this is kind of where I feel like we're going to put our... TV show Sitcoms. stuff. This yeah. is where I come. This is where I have lots of stuff. Yeah. So about. you you had a great one that you recommended that I I even did this last year without even thinking. I went were, through and watched these. The Office. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, I've seen. I used to watch the Office. I've watched the Office yeah. since episode one. But yeah, now yeah. that it's all available on Netflix, you can readily available just pick yeah. whatever episode you want without having to switch discs. So I have a I have a couple. I was just going to do the first one, but I'll list them off. So season two, episode five. It was Halloween, so that was pretty easy to. This is like. Classic office. Uh, Jim has a three hole punch. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and then Dwight, of course, buys like a six hundred dollar uh, lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. A lightsaber <laughs> like Darth Maul or um, Sith, Sith Lord. Sith Lord. Said, yeah. Uh, and like no, none of the other like members of the office know who he is, and he's like getting all frustrated. One of my favorite shots in that too is Dwight is talking to Michael in the office, and he's got the hood up covering the <laughs> eyes, and it's just like Dwight's chin in the eyes, and it's like the don't. Do it, Michael. And he's like trying to do the Jedi thing. It's just, it's clever and subtle. I don't know. I love One that. of my favorite uh, jokes on The Office came in the next Halloween episode, which was all the way until season five, episode six, which oh, was. really? That far along? Yeah. Employee transfer. But it's where Pam is in one of the branches by herself. Oh, yeah. And that's she a good comes one. dressed up because she's used to the Scranton branch always dressing up. But she comes as Charlie Chapman, and she can't take off the hat because then she looks like Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> and she's so she, the grease mustache off. Yeah. So she's, yeah, it's just so great. But 
Yeah, the office is just one of those great. I feel like if you are a lazy person like me, uh, taking inspiration from Jim's costumes throughout the years is just because Jim's not a big Halloween guy. We're forgetting a Halloween episode, though, or you just didn't list that one. Oh no, the no, office we, does one almost every year. Yeah, so because there's one with the baby. Where, so, where he's, she's olive oil, and, yep, yep. and she wants him to and wear the Popeye Popeye, costume. yeah, and so all he does is bring the, the pipe or whatever. Yeah. Um, costume contest was season seven, episode six. Which one is that? Um, what are they what That's are they the Popeye. Now? Popeye. Oh, that is the Popeye um, one, okay. And Dwight Crumbs is the, the Scranton Strangler, because that was the Oh, yeah, he comes up, wow. Yeah. Um, and what What's the year where Dwight's the Joker? Oh, well, no, that's the year that everyone's the Joker. Yeah. Kevin's the Joker, and Creed's the Joker. Uh, Let's put a smile on that face. I like, no, they're the best is when uh, uh, Dwight comes into the office, and the cameras start to follow him, and he's like, watch his pencil, disappear, and then the, like, no, the elevator closes, and then he like, yeah. opens it back up, disappear, <laughs> and then he's just awkwardly staying there, because then the elevator has to close again. Um, Those are great, and... Um, Steve makes a good point because Jim is not big into costumes, so he, you know. Yeah, and so that, that I mean, I took inspiration throughout college and high school and stuff like that. So I was three-hole punch Jim in, col- or in high school, and I was um, book face or Facebook, as, yeah. as uh, Daryl put it, um, where I just wrote fa- or book on my face. Um, when he wears the name tag, Dave. Dave yeah, <laughs> and they're like, "What are you?" And he's like, "Um, Dave." Yeah, uh, yeah. There's some good, really, really easy ones. And the good thing about those costumes are, yes, they're extremely lazy and easy, and kind of a cop out on a Halloween costume. But you're also being Jim in a way. Yeah. So you it's, know, it is like it's like a it's it's stepped into another another yeah. dimension of costume wearing. Right, 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 right. It's not just like a very easy layer. Like you're you're trying a little bit more than Jim did. Yeah. Right? Cuz at least you're taking inspiration from him. So there's um if you if you're on Netflix and watching that or you own all those DVDs or whatever, that's cool. There's an episode of Friends. I like the one mm-hmm. where it's the one with the Halloween party. Um it's Sean Penn is the guest star in that episode as Ursula's fiance too. Mm-hmm. But Chandler ends up in the pink bunny costume because Monica wanted to get him the Velveteen Rabbit costume and they only had the pink rabbit <laughs> the pink bunny one, but and Ross comes as Spudnik, and he's so he's like a potato, but he's like oh, the, yeah, the satellite yeah, yeah, yeah. on his ears. Like that's a funny one too. That's that's in uh, that's uh, season eight, episode six. If you're looking for that on Hulu, they have the entire series of Happy Endings, and everybody knows I love I bet, that show. I need to start watching. Oh I my gosh, it's said. so fun. It's 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 one of those shows where like I can repeat repeat <laughs> repeat view. Like, over and over and over and over again. Like, I've seen the first season at least, like, 10 or 12 times. Wow. At least. I'm lowballing it. Um, but in the second season, episode five, called Spooky Endings, and this episode was actually directed by Fred Savage. Hmm. He directs quite a few episodes, and you'll know him as the child from Princess Bride, pretty much any 80s movie, too. Um, but also, he's Ben Savage's older brother. Ben is Corey from Boy Meets World. Oh. Um, Fred was on. He was the teacher that hit on Topanga and. And Corey punched him and almost got expelled. Huh? Uh, drama. It's a little weird, though, since they look almost exactly like. But regardless, anyway, um, this episode is, for me, like, I remember watching it for the first time, and I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. I was like, I'm missing the jokes. And it is just, like, it is perfect for, like, our generation, I want to say. Like, it's, it's, 
it's like modern day friends. I know some people compared it compared How I Met Your Mother in that sense to that, but um, I would say that Happy Endings was more than that, and they even made like a even joke closer. that in season two. Yeah, True. and it's just so it's beautifully shot because it, it's got this color palette that you don't even you don't even notice it's having this effect on you. But it's just so in the episode, um, the setup for the show is that Dave and um, Alex, this the the this girl, the, his fiance, she leaves him at the altar, but they all try to remain friends and everything. And it sounds a little cheesy, but mm-hmm. um, it's not. It's really funny. So this is the second season, and they're all going to go to this Halloween party. And Max and, and Penny are going to be like the baby. He's the baby, and she's the woman <laughs> holding the baby and the thing. So they, she has to like walk under her dress. And then um, Alex is actually sick, so her voice is really deep and scratchy. And she's like <laughs> saying she's not going to go. And then... Um, uh, Penny, uh, I'm sorry, Jane and Brad. Jane is Alex's older sister um, and is married to Brad. They have to go house sit in the suburbs, and Brad is pissed about it. <laughs> and But it is really funny because they deal with like trick or treaters. There's a lot of really, uh, really funny jokes that are like nonstop in this episode. And um, if you don't know who Brad, uh, Damon Wayne Jr. plays Brad. Oh. And so he wasn't on New Girl because. They did the pilot yeah, he was of like New Girl the first after that. Yeah, and so Happy Endings was shot before New Girl. They didn't know if it was going to get picked up because ABC pushed it back. Then they picked it up, and so he had to leave New Girl. And then that's when Happy Endings got canceled. He went over back to New Girl. Yep. So it was an interesting thing. But either way, this episode is so funny. So Alex shows up as Marilyn Monroe, but her voice is really deep and scratchy. And Dave comes as Austin Powers, and he leaves his like teeth in the car. So everyone thinks he's Elton John. And <laughs> everyone, and, and this guy starts talking to Alex, and like Dave's like, I'm not jealous, I'm not jealous, whatever. And then it comes, and so like, they single, he singles Dave out at some point. He's like, so what's up with your friend Alex? You know, you guys used to date? And he was like, oh yeah, we used to date, and, and whatever. And, and then he's like, oh, well, I can't wait to, to, you know, get closer to him. And he's like, him? And he's like, yeah, you, you, you know, it, whatever. And um, so the guy thinks that Alex is a drag queen. So he's oh. trying to, and, and Dave tries to tell him, but Alex is like, you're just jealous, Dave, because of whatever. And this, the whole scene is just really, oh, it's just, geez. you've got to watch the show. It's so, it's one of my favorite episodes of the That's show. Great. And it is so funny. And that, again, is season two, episode five. If you have Hulu, it's all on there. I think you can even watch it even if you don't have Hulu. I think it's just one of those, like, it's free to it's public. ABC just has it, like. Which there. is not going to be much longer, because I've heard that Hulu's taken away the free option now. That it'll become a service like Netflix. It's not something you can just watch really? anymore, which is a shame because I really enjoyed that. But yeah. But anyway, there's also I just want to speak briefly about this time of year has some great. I love Supernatural, and they always mm. save the season premieres for around October, so it gets you like in that fun spirit. And then um, obviously American Horror Story just started this this past week, and their new theme is that whole. Um, documentary style reenactment like oh so no it's like i sit and i'll interview you so it's like I, we're we'd be the we'd be the people and we'd be talking about how we stayed in this haunted hotel and then there's dramatic the dramatic reenactment is what comes over that oh, wow so like sarah lily rabe is you, you know her she you've, you've she, watched the yeah, show right yeah she was like the nun in the in the second yep. season who was yep. possessed and she's being played her dramatic reenactor is played by sarah paulson so Sarah Paulson is play, they're playing the same oh. like Cuba Gooding Jr. is playing her boyfriend or fiance or husband or whatever he is is playing the other version of her with Sarah Paulson. So it's Cuba Gooding Jr. and Sarah Paulson, and then it's Lily wow. Rabe and the that was like a I didn't big know the other guy was, change but. from like the oh yeah other season. drastic yeah. yeah and so we'll be interested to see where that goes. But that premiered and then um, obviously The Walking Dead is always a big one um, around that time. But um, 
you know, those are kind of the scary things. I feel like Supernatural is my favorite one that will come in around that time. But but um, Can American bring... Horror Story always does the Halloween episodes, so. Can I bring it back to sitcoms? Yeah, 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 of course. Uh, the Slutty Pumpkin episode. Oh, my God, yeah, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. We even That's a great. That's one of my favorite, like, the... The Tootsie Roll, the drink he makes. It's yeah. the Kahlua with um, root beer. Yeah. Well, I just love, like, the... It's a classic, like... That should have been our drink this episode. Uh, it, Dang it. <laughs> it. It's a good episode if you're already a How I Met Your Mother fan, too, because it has, like, the hilarious Halloween parts and everything like that to get you in the Halloween Party and the multiple costumes. But it also has, like... It ends like super sad, like and it yeah. like it, I don't know. It's like another like. It's good, got good carry through too, yeah, because it does pay, pay off later down the road. There yep. is a slutty pumpkin. Is it like there's I like later, what they call like, the other episode, but yeah. it's like there's a slutty pumpkin reference in like a way later season. Yeah, and then Katie Holmes is the slutty yep. pumpkin. Yep, yep. Yeah, Katie later, later yep. down the road she plays her. Um, yeah, and that's a good one. And he's hang Chad. So that was, that's Chad, another yeah. good costume idea. That's all on. That's all on Netflix too, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can watch if you haven't watched too that that episode's in the first season. Is it? I yeah, think... Slutty Pumpkin season one. Yeah, season one, episode six. Yeah, so, yeah. Because yeah, our uh, my friend Tim got me into that show, and it, I was like, I remember watching it, and it's just there's something magical about the first season of that show. Yeah, it's great. It's kind of underdog show. Everybody's really good at being who they are. There's a lot of those fun jokes in there, those side jokes that just became a staple of the show. And regardless of how you feel about how the show ended, the I, I could rewatch the first like four seasons, I'll even say, yeah. like over and over again. They're great. I, just on a side note, just to talk about how much mother for like half a second. Yeah. Uh, that, my Corgi's he does not he does not have it. Already doesn't want it. The end of the show is controversial and yeah, if, of course. if you're a fan you can decide if you like it or not. Um, but I will say if the show had ended the way it ended, but after basically how the show progressed up to season four mm-hmm. or so, I feel like people would have really respected the ending. I think they drag. You think they like but, dragged out that? Well, they, they but, pushed too hard that it wasn't her. Yes. Yeah. Because yes. it got to the point where you're like, oh, maybe it's still good, Pierre, and then no, and then maybe because it's then no, basically, I feel like they lost the character integrity. Well, they lost my respect because I was okay with Robin and Barney. When they were first together, I was like, oh my god, it makes so much sense. And I love, and it throws back into season one where they hang out, and Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, it's funny how that turned around. They're good for each other in a lot of ways. And then I felt like they forced them to split just because they were like, well, we have to, we can't have Barney evolve as a character. And I was like, okay, that's kind of stupid. But it's sad, too, because Barney's character kind of makes like this arc of like getting more mature and kind of like, and yeah, like he's a funny, whack character still throughout. It feels like they threw it away in the last episode. But yeah, like all that work they had built up to kind of like show that he had made yeah. life changes, they just were like, oh no, it's kind of funny for him to be like the jerk. We like, should do, this gives me ideas for future episodes. We should totally take like top sitcoms every now and then and just like do our thoughts and feelings about the series as a whole. Like we, we, could, do, we could do Friends, you know, because it's all on Netflix or whatever. Yeah. And, or, and we should do like How I Met Your Mother. And we should do like. A compare and contrast episode one to the final episode. Mm, that would be, be kind of cool. So um, stay tuned. Yeah. So there you go. I love when ideas like that come out. We like derailed that. a little bit from the Halloween no, but stuff. It, but that'll be that'll be a great for when uh, that we'll throw that into the Christmas month because for me that's always when I like mm. to try and like watch my shows like other shows that I already know mm-hmm. because there's that hiatus of TV. But then you also like you want something to watch when you're going to bed or whatever. But 
So I'm, we're gonna we're gonna step into what I feel like now are my essential. Like I try to watch these every year movies. Mm-hmm. Um, some when I get to my number one, that's an every year. That's a Halloween movie I have to watch every year. And then others are like I try to and I don't always get to it. Um, do you have one? Well, uh, I know. Don't you dare say the one. You you okay. say the one that one. But can we start off with Disney Channel movies? Oh, it can be anything. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't uh, have to be. It didn't have to be. In this area, it doesn't even have to be a movie. If there is okay. like your number one essential is that TV I show, then that's Disney, that. Fine. A, there's. I feel like there's a lot of. It sounds silly, but well, it, they, they have the Halloween of, Town series. Ha- that's what I was about to say. Three, that's right? what I have up. Um, yeah. Halloween Town. Uh, the um, now I can't remember the name of it, but the one with the sister sister. Yeah, Girls. that was on during the um, cruise, and I can't. I couldn't remember the name of it either, and I stopped and watched it a little bit on on deck. What is the name? Of um, I'll look it up once yeah, again. Just, you? Yeah, and um, uh, what's the other? There's another. So there's Halloween Town, um, the one with Sister Sister, with Tia and Tamara. Um, oh, my goodness. I literally just had another Halloween-oriented one in my head, and I I, I lost it. Oh, uh, it's not Disney Channel, but it's in that realm of uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's um, Double Double Toil and Trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, uh I, I always enjoyed that that film when I was younger. I don't Twi- know. Twitches. Twitches. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I, did, I don't know. I feel like those are, if I you're even, not a horror movie I'd person. I throw this one in there. Okay. It's not Disney Channel original, but I feel like it's in that realm. Okay. Ernest Scared Stupid. I don't know. I've never seen it. I want to throw you out the window. <laughs> Have you seen some of the Ernest movies? No. I want to kill you. Uh, we're uh, about to, you're about to be watching Murder Movie by the Diz. Um No. Um... Well, first of all, that's an issue. Uh, it might not have the same effect with you. So you'd have to st- you can't start on Ernest Scared Stupid because Ernest Scared Stupid is like the Disney Channel original movie version of the Ernest movies. Okay. But it, it has like Eartha Kit in it. There's a troll. It's it's funny, but it's weird. Like we'll get you there. We'll get you okay. there. Yeah. Um, um but yeah. But I, I just think I just think it's worth mentioning that like uh they're a lot if, of family if, friendly, yeah. Yeah, if you're not like a really scary movie type person that I feel like the Disney Channel Halloween movies are a good way to still get you in the Halloween I was mood. thinking about one that they've done it wasn't Disney Channel original but it was the Toy Story shorts the, oh, they yeah. did the Toy Story of Terror that, uh, the, I liked it um, yeah I thought that was that was cute um, on that Disney Channel original movie it's terrible but the um, Tower of Terror movie Oh yeah, Steve uh, Gutenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and is it Kirsten Dunst in that movie? Kirsten too? Dunst. Yeah. yeah, it is just called the Tower of Terror. I think. Yeah, um, I feel like those are always in cast connection. Mansion. They put it on the mansion on the ship, and I'm like, God, give it a rest. That's okay. <laughs> Nobody likes that Maybe movie. Maybe skip that one though. Then yeah, it's a bad. Um, Although, are they still doing a haunted Han- haunted mansion? Guillermo del Toro says he's going to do movies for ten years, and then he doesn't do them. I I know people love him as a director, but I am not his fan at all. Mm. I think that he creates beautiful things. Don't get me wrong, but his narratives are always they're just convoluted, and they get caught up in the beauty of what he's created versus like actually creating a satisfying narrative. Mm. It should start with the narrative and then go from there. Mm. Is if you have a strong story, even if it's something as simple like The Wizard of Oz has lasted for so long because it's such a strong, relatable thing, but then they went backwards from there and pulled in all these incredible visuals that will last us forever, you know? Right, right. I don't know. That's another another day for another time. And I'm sure there's people that will lynch me for saying that, but I just, you know, that's that. <laughs> um, so we mentioned it briefly before, but a new tradition that I think I'm going to have every year, I just really enjoyed this movie. I really liked the Goosebumps movie. Mm. I, I having especially if you've read like a lot or all almost all the books there's a lot 
there's a lot of references to the newer one, like the toward the later end of the series, but then also it's like Slappy, who's the main of the 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 um, Night of the Living Dummy series, because there's like four of those books. Um, he he's the main antagonist here, but the whole idea, if you're not familiar with the movie, is that um, this this uh, this Jack kid, Black's like the writer of Jack the book, Black right? plays R. L. Stein, yeah, ah, okay. and he's the author of all the Goosebump series. So this this kid and his mother, they the father's passed away. They're moving to a new town. It's played by Amy Ryan from The Office, oh, from cool. Michael Scott's girlfriend or wife, I guess. But um, spoiler, uh, but <laughs> so they move into this new town, new house, and he meets this girl Hannah next door. And you, if you've read the Goosebump books. I didn't realize it till after I'd watched the movie. Hannah is a character, is a character, and mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And so I was like, "Oh, that's clever." Um, and so Jack Black is the uh, is R.L. Stein. They're the neighbors. He's like, "Stay away from my daughter." And they they're kind of like shut off to society and whatever. And then you know, obviously the boy and the girl they meet, they like each other, and hijinks ensue. And it turns out Jack Black, all the manuscripts for the books are locked, and if they open then all the stories get out and so all these creatures are set loose it's very jumanji and and jumanji in all the best ways too there are moments in the movie it's not a perfect movie by any means but Mm. it is fun it is it is funny but it is like it's rewarding if you've read the books but at the same time like it's it's a good it gets you going a little bit is it a standalone if people haven't watched the or haven't read the books I think that you can very much enjoy it without having read the books absolutely 100% and the best part of it it's on Netflix now Really? So, yeah, I watched it in the summer. I might have to watch that tonight. It's it's a fun it's a fun good a good movie. Like if you're gonna go into bed and you want some of the fall asleep, you know, and yeah. like watch a little bit every night. Watch it like that, or like I I really enjoy just sitting there, and I'm always surprised I watch so much of it. You'll recognize the kid in it, the main character, because he was uh, Jack's son on Lost, and he was in this other show Awake. He's been in like a tons tons of movies of late, so he's going places. I have to cough. Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so that's new in my mix. I already said I'd try to watch a Scream movie. It doesn't have to be Scream mm. 1. I bought years ago, before the four, fourth movie even existed, the, like, the box set that like, had the uh, Drew Barrymore face on it and everything. And <laughs> I came with the extra disc. And I still have yet to open Scream 3. Oh, and I, like, I only just opened Scream 2 like a couple years ago. So every year it's like my intention to like, get to the next one, get to the next one. I've seen them all. I, they're, yeah. They are probably my <coughs> probably my favorite Scary movies because they're very self-referential to horror films in general, and plus I love. I feel like I'm a, as I'm a, a creature of that time, like Courtney Cox and her height. Like I feel like it's her right around when Friends started. So it's pre-plastic surgery until you get to the fourth one, and then it's post-plastic surgery. But <laughs> like it's you know David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Rose McGowan's in the first one. Well, and I feel like as a movie person for you, especially like yeah. you understand all the references because yeah. you've seen all the movies that they're referencing. Yeah, and the, and the fourth one, what's great about when you move further down the series is that the second movie references the first movie. So the they're second right. movie, That's there's a movie being created about the book that was written about the events of the <laughs> first movie, and then that continues on into the third one, and then the fourth one is like referencing the series of Scream as if they're like Saw movies. So there's like 16 mm. of them. So there's this opening that just keeps going, and it's like a lot of like Kristen Bell's in the scene with Mila Kunis and like I think it was Mila Kunis and all these people as they go and then I thought the twist in that movie was good I think the, I enjoyed the fourth one just as much as the second or third one the the second one's great too because I didn't even realize it was because he wasn't very big at this time but it was Timothy Oliphant is the student the film student in it and like Jackie uh, Roseanne's sister is in it too and oh. um 
Metcalf, Laurie Metcalf, and you know Sheldon's mom from The Big Bang Theory, yeah. and um, it's just great to go back and see movies like that. I don't know. I I'm I'm a fan. They are as I get older a little harder because they're they're a product of that time where like blood and gore was definitely mm-hmm. becoming the like like they were trying to be extra graphic with like the knife going in and not to the point where like Saw is just repulsive and disgusting. <laughs> like somebody unsettling made those movies. It's more like. Special effects artists at yeah, the time, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, but it it hits like a little hard. Blood, yeah, yeah. It, with everything that happens in life as we go, it, some movies, you know, they warp and they change for you. Mm-hmm. But I, but I like it for what it is, like this mystery horror movie. Nobody knows who the killer is, but there's this whole story. It's a town. You've got the reporter on the outside. I don't know. It has all like the tropes of a hello or of a horror movie, but it's so much different. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so my my number two here, The Shining is one that I always try to get to at least once a year and usually around Halloween. I think that movie's fantastic. It's not a Halloween movie, obviously, but it is like this psychological... Yeah. It's not... It's not overly, like, violent or anything. I mean, it's scary. It's intense. It is psychological. Mm. Um, That was one of those movies that... I was caught watching when I was younger. Like, when oh, I you wasn't weren't supposed, supposed to? to. Yeah. <laughs> our parents... It's funny, too. Like, the movies that our parents are so much more afraid of than us. Like, my dad found out I had a, an Ouija board once. Oh, my parents are divorced, so he was like, came and pick us up, and I said something about a Ouija board, and he's like, you're going to burn that effing thing. He didn't say effing, obviously. He said the F word. But like, I remember being like, all right. What? Like, it's a board with felt tips on the bottom. <laughs> and then I didn't realize it's because my mom told me that they had seen The Exorcist, and it mm-hmm. he was scared, but he was afraid to say he was scared. And I forgot there's an Ouija board scene in The Exorcist. It's the whole reason how she gets, like, possessed. Yeah. And I was like, oh. It makes so much more sense to me now. So... I, I always like I love The Shining though because it's just one of those like great classic movies and who doesn't love Jack Nicholson? I mean that mm-hmm. and Jack Nicholson in that type of role is just it's just great. Um, I'm gonna throw in an honorable mention before I get to my number one must watch every year on Halloween. Uh, the Frighteners. Have you ever seen this movie? No. I'm surprised by the amount of people who haven't seen this movie. It's Michael J. Fox and it's one of his last. You know, he's still with us. I'm not, I don't mean to say he passed, but, but one of his last he... really starring movie roles. Yeah. I think it was, it was right around that time when he kind of revealed to the public he had the, he had Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. And there is a scene in the movie where he's got his hand up, but it's the character. This moment is also stressed like and whatever. Nervous. And I wonder, you know, I watched yeah. that movie and I think, cause it came out in like 1996 and, but it is a movie ahead of its time because it is in fact the movie. That movie is the reason why we have the Lord of the Ring movies because really? um, Peter Jackson directed it mm. and he had invested in all these computers to create the effects for it. They might seem a little, not dated, like they still look good, but some of the computer effects are like there's a wall that like reaches out and grabs you like mm. a little bit. Might, like you might be like, oh, the coloring on that's a little weird now, but yeah. but it's, it's, you know, he bought all these computers to push these effects forward and then they were just sitting there and he's like, what am I going to do with these? Like, how am I, what's the next thing I could do? And he's like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy if we did a Lord of the Rings movie? So he always credits that movie for Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's cool. Um, But it's great. Uh, And I just found out the other day, I couldn't believe I never realized this. The woman in the movie, the shut-in in in the movie is the mother from E.T. I I never, like her voice always sounded so familiar to me. She just doesn't look like her at all. So that's why I was like, oh, why does this voice seem so familiar and like you know, it, and you're like, like where it, where am I getting? Yeah, this? it ripples with you. This is another one of those movies that's kind of funny too. It's like oh, it's funny, but it can be very intense at some points. It's not gory or anything like that. It is. If you haven't seen it, I and and you like Michael J. Fox even a little bit, I would definitely say watch this movie. It should be on my list. Yeah, like, it, it's yeah. a it's an excellent film. Um, 
And it throws you for some twists and turns in there too, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. But it's it's much. I would describe it more in the venue of like adventure scary because it's like this Grim Reaper that's out to get people, and a lot of people are dying, and they're all saying it's heart disease. But Michael J. Fox can see ghosts, mm-hmm. and so he's like going around, and he's kind of a scam artist or whatever. But um, he's excellent in it, and you know, it, it's it was a good like. I'm sure he did a couple after that, but that was his first, last like big blockbuster before he kind of pulled back from it a little bit and. I think it was a good, it was a good one to do. He's he's great. Who doesn't love Michael J. Fox? Should we do a drum roll for your like? I feel like we know. I'm already wearing my T-shirt. But Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus, my number one. Yeah. Um, they play it every year at Halloween at Fort Wilderness, and the outside thing that's free to do, and you can do the s'mores and the hot dogs, and everybody's all dressed up. You can see the cabins, the thing. Yeah. And even if I wasn't going to do that, I have to watch that movie on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Salem, Massachusetts. It, you know, I'm yeah. from Massachusetts. Right. It's witches. It's on Halloween. It's family friendly. It's funny. It's like it's everything you can want from a Halloween movie. Yeah. And I also think, like you said, like. With mentioning Fort Wilderness, but I think it's a good one, especially if you're going to be coming for the the party. The yeah. party makes it not so scary because they obviously have the if show. If it's fresh in your head, you can see how they use the witches from the movie so accurately to mm-hmm. how they were in the movie. Yeah, like, and not like in a point where you're like, oh, they literally took lines out of the movie, but at the same time, you're like, but they did it in a way that served the they, story. And really they well. picked. I feel like Disney did a really good job of picking people to portray them. In, oh uh, yeah, at the party. Oh yeah, they're, absolutely. They're, they do yeah. a really good job. I also think it's a movie that, like, li- like you said, it's family friendly. So ki- you can have your kids watch it before you go to the party because they younger kids. If you're six to you know ten or twelve yeah. or whatever, you might not. They're probably not going to have ever seen it before, right? So because it came out, well, we live in that time where, like, when we were kids, there were movies that were like regular on TV. You know, it was like, yeah. oh, it's November. They're going to play Ninja Turtles too. That was one that I always remember was on around Thanksgiving or something. Reruns of shows were more of a thing. Like we don't mm-hmm. really ha- we don't live in an age of reruns as much. Mm-hmm. You get one or two along the way, but so you don't get that replay unless it's like an event sometimes. Right. Right. And so, yeah, you're right. Like, Hocus Pocus, it's not as readily available. But I think Disney's realized how it's become sort of that cult classic. Yeah. And that's how they're trying to, like, reinvest in the idea and of it. And push it, yeah. Like, it was, it's on demand. If you're going to do one of the high seas, um, Halloween at high, on Halloween on the high seas, on, like, the Disney Dream or something, which we just did for um, – Steve wasn't with us, but for our um, – Dreams Unlimited Travel Agent Education Program. It was on demand in the room, so obviously oh. I watched it. Do you know it. what I kind of have to <laughs> applaud Disney for? Is I feel like it's, you know, a lot of companies look out for their money, as they should, and they're just kind of, they're trying to push the next big thing. But to kind of, for Disney to take a step back and say, you know what, we really should push Hocus Pocus? Yeah. Was, like, brilliant. Yeah. And, and, like, it's it was a huge risk, because if... It wasn't it didn't beloved. People would be like, "What are it, you doing?" Yeah, if, yeah. If people didn't really re- remember it the way that people have, kind of, you know, given it life again, yeah, uh, it would have just been a big thud, and no one would have really cared. But I'm just making sure this was still recording. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I completely agree with that, and I I feel like it even remember when we interviewed Carlos in Disneyland, yes, and yeah. he was talking about how his daughters watch Hocus Pocus mm-hmm. and how do they even know what it is, and and yeah. Carlos, um, if you if you haven't seen that interview, um, we got to meet the the gentleman who's um, works in the team that designs the Trader Sam's and the popcorn buckets, popcorn buckets, and all that all that kind of like food related memorabilia, mm-hmm. um, and he was saying he wanted to create something for the Hocus 
Hocus Pocus party last year for the first one and they were like no we're not sure how it's going to hit and we don't want to invest in it and it was one of those like it did so well it was just one of those I told you like moments and <laughs> and so I feel like that's why they went heavier on the merchandise this year with the event too because they didn't realize how much of a hit it was going to be but yeah. You know, this is this is one that I think is generational. It's just fun. It's kitschy. You know, it's got it's not a perfect movie at all. I mean, it's got right. like how does Winifred know what a driver's permit is? You know, right, how, right, like right. I was reading this whole thing where people were like analyzing like Billy the zombie shouldn't have skin on him anymore. Get over yourself. Right. Like it's it's a kids movie, all right? It's yeah. a, but it's fun. It, but it's also one of those kids movies that I think the reason why it connects so well to some of us is because it has that eighties movie feel that we were talking mm-hmm. about before, where yeah. it wasn't afraid to be like a virgin has to light the black flame candle. Like right. that is a major selling point. And Max is mocked for being a virgin. And you're like, this kid's in high school. Like, yeah. And this is know, a Disney Channel movie, and right, we're talking like, about something. Well, it's not Disney Channel. It was actually it in the movie theater. Yeah. It was originally going to be a Disney Channel movie, and then somebody was like, no, we like this more. So that's how they pumped more into oh, it. And got oh, it into I didn't know thing. that. Yeah. Um, I feel like the first time I it ever wasn't, watched it, it wasn't was a on huge, the Disney Well, it wasn't a huge... I remember when I was a kid, and it was, so it was like 93. I was really young. And I... It was, like, I remember there was a making of it. So I always think about the scene when Winifred uses her electricity and puts Max against the wall. Because that was the big scene that they were showing how they did that. Yeah. And um, so it was heavily promoted on Disney Channel. And it was released in July in the movie theater. And so it wow. didn't it didn't it didn't quite have quite a big hit because they also right. released yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas in October at that year, which yeah. by the way is in my Christmas list, and we could, we'll debate that later why it's not in my Halloween list. But the perfect day to watch that also is on Halloween because you're crossing over. I think it's a November first movie to be honest with you, but mm. that's for a later episode. But Hocus Pocus, that's why it's amazing. That's why it's the number one on the list always for me every year from now until forever but I think that's going to do it for us because my thing my camera is trying to let me know I have no more memory left on it um, so that'll do it for us this week um, let us know what your favorites are tweet at us Dizpop Show Instagram Facebook comments. all that jazz comments in the video you know we always reply and we're always looking at that mm-hmm. um, I'd like to know what you guys love as your favorites obviously didn't hit on everything but I think this is a good starting point for where you could go from that. Tune in, too, to our continued Halloween-themed episodes. We're going to be showing you how to do some special effects makeup because I have my books out. And um, we're going to be showing you in the next week or two how to elevate your party. And I'm going to show you how to make the Hocus Pocus spell book for your Halloween decoration. So tune into those. Check us out. Like I said, contact us and all that stuff. We want to know what you're doing, what you're being for Halloween, all that that jazz. But that'll do it for this episode. We'll see you again on the next episode of Dispop.